Hey, this is Tim Ripper Owens. This is Vicky Sarakis from The Agonist. What's up? This is Parker Jameson from the band Starkill. Hi, this is Ida from Trisphere. Hey, this is Dan. And this is Brett from Revocation. And thank you for listening to The Great Metal Debate. We're excited to be joined in Nashville, or should I say Thrashville, with Ben from Goat Whore. Ben, we so appreciate you taking the time to join us on the Great Metal Debate podcast. Awesome. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Again, we're in Nashville, where Goat Whore is about to perform at the end. It was just last summer when Goat Whore was in Nashville, performing on the date of the release of your most recent album, Constricting Rage of the Merciless. What has the last year been like for you guys? Pretty busy. Pretty, pretty busy. <laughs> I mean, we've been on the road a lot. Europe, states, back to Europe, Australia. Um, and then, you know, we got back from Europe right at the beginning of May, did some shows throughout the weekends in May, and actually flew back to England near the end of May to do Temples Festival and came back home and then started this tour. So it's been pretty go on so far. What, uh, what, this like a year ago on July 8th was when the record came out last yeah you were right across the street yeah, there. yeah and i'll tell you what man that's quite a record i had constricting rage among my top 10 metal albums of 2014 uh looking back you know with a year's time performing those songs are you all pleased with the product and the response from fans and critics yeah yeah i mean we're pleased with everything that you know went on with the whole record and everything and then we're getting a lot of really good feedback on music and the live setting and just in general you know even people that haven't you know, come across the record, like on this tour, you know, you'd come across people that might not ever heard the band, and they came to see the band because either they were fans of, like, Black Breath or Ringworm, and then they were, you know, they were like, wow, this, you know, is really cool, I'm going to actually dig up some of your stuff and everything, and that's what's cool about these kind of tours, you bring out fans from these different bands, you know, even our fans coming out and checking out Black Breath, Ringworm, and Theories, and, you know, it kind of intermingles in a sense, but overall, it's been getting really good feedback, you know, and, I mean, we don't, when we work on records, we're not writing for nothing against fans, but we're not writing for that. We're writing for ourselves, really. You know, we're, we want to impress ourselves before anything, before releasing anything that we just want to stick. We're not just going to stick out anything out there. So we do that, and then when everything else falls into place, I guess it's like a bonus. Absolutely. And speaking of those fans who might not be familiar with you folks, give them a little uh, feel for uh, how you would explain Goat Horde's music to the folks who haven't seen you and. No excuse for them because you guys tour so much, they should have already seen you. Yeah, I agree. And not only that, I think with, uh, you know, the modern thing of everything that goes on with the Internet, you know, different things like Spotify and Google Music and everything like that where people can check things out, I really don't think there's too much of an excuse to say you haven't heard a band in general because you can just go check it out. I never really figured that out nowadays. When I was younger, you know, you paid, you we really didn't have that kind of access, so you bought something, it was a 50-50 chance, you either liked it or you don't. You know, now, before you even go buy it, you can go actually see what's happening, listen to it on the, online. You can even see videos on YouTube and everything, because people shoot videos and kind of check it out. I think we are definitely more of a live band. We come across better live than on 
record, and I think we'll never be able to capture that on record because the live setting is a more intimate and intense sure. kind of layout. So, but if anything, I just tell people whatever anyone has to tell you, you know, like if they want to put us in some kind of category and you're not really in that quote into that quote unquote category. Sometimes you just have to go overlook it and just go check the band out because, I mean, it's access, access is free everywhere. So, Absolutely. Well, one way I would characterize your old music is lyrically complex. I want to ask you a little bit about that. First, with the style of music and, and the lyrics that you write where you're not repeating a lot, not a lot of choruses as such, do you forget any lyrics on stage? or uh, I, mean, just... I slip. I mean, I'm only human, right? So I slip places you know things like that but uh i mean it's also fucking extreme metal usually people don't understand what you're saying anyway but yeah i mean i actually you know we practice a lot and everything but then there's them nights where whatever just maybe it's a little too fun and you get caught up in the moment and you might skip a, a line not necessarily skip a line but kind of a line kind of slips away or something like that but overall it's pretty solid majority of the time you know we, we go over a lot of things a lot so and sometimes if i feel like I'm at a show, and, you know, the night before I felt like that I had a little issue remembering something or, like, I had a brain fart or whatever. I just listen to, you know, I'll break out the song and listen to it again and kind of go back over it again just to kind of refresh, you know. Because, yeah, we're doing this on a daily basis, but, you know, anything's possible. And you can tell the hardcore fans because those are the ones who are singing along with you and know those lyrics. Yeah, 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 of course, definitely. And so, tell me a little bit about, a little more about those lyrics. Just kind of, where do you get your inspiration? It's a mixture of all kinds of different things. I mean, even you know, if you look at songs like "Apocalyptic Havoc" all the way to until like a song like "Judgment and a Bleeding Crown," "Apocalyptic Havoc" is more like a kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of idea of old traditional kind of metal and mixing up different ideas with those things. And then "Judgment's" more delving into deeper things that you know interest me in a lyrical content. You know, I'm I've always been into like the dark arts and things like that, and I guess the macabre, the prey of things in life. But they, you know, they just they interest me, and I like to dig into them and read about them, and then from there, kind of write them down on paper. You know, get my own perceptions, ideas, and kind of put them all and mix them in. Even you know, different ideas and different religions and things like that, and kind of blend that into the whole cycle as well. So it's a mixture of a kind of like literature. I guess some of it is fictitious as well, you know, of course, but, you know, it's everything's kind of mixed up because that's, you know, it's, it's like basically the spawn of the mind, you know, just building all these fucking ideas and everything kind of going off from that element. Do you keep like a journal of, of I do of write it? down, like, even when we're not working on stuff, I, you know, ideas will pop up and I write it down and I just kind of keep a collective thing of all these ideas that I go back to. There's some songs when we are writing where, I'll just start dead from scratch and write all the lyrics. And there's some songs where I kind of like, I kind of plagiarize from myself. Like I go back through all the older stuff that I've written down cool. and I pull lines and make up a song with it. So it'll be a mixture of lines that I feel rep represent the topic of that song and then put them all together and then like piece by piece. And then some of it's like fresh off the grid. So, but you also have some ingredients sitting around that you pull from. Yeah, from time yeah, to time. yeah, yeah, yeah. And definitely, I do like re like when I get into a spot where I feel like maybe I'm up against a wall and I'm not, I just can't get over it. I'll like step back and I'll just start reading things and you know researching things and I'll kind of open it up a little more and then that whole idea kind of opens up a bit more. Cool. 
Well, Ben, you referenced uh, some of the other bands supporting you on this current North American tour, Ringworm, Black Breath Theories. What's been the response to the, the lineup so far? The response has been amazing on this whole tour. It's really been fucking intense. It's every band, I mean, I can't even say, you know, like, we're, we're coming to the end of this tour. And anybody who just decided, oh, well, you know, I'll skip the show, I think you really missed out, you know. So for the last three shows, like, Nashville tonight, tomorrow Columbia, South Carolina, and then Atlanta, Georgia on Sunday. It's like if you have any doubt, like if you have any kind of thing where you're like, oh, well, I might go, you should go because every one of these bands is fucking kicking ass on it. You know, every, and it, I like it too because being the band that's last, it's like you definitely can't sit back that night. You definitely can't, you know, be laxed whatsoever because each one of these bands is pushing you to the hilt of, I better get up there and perform equally as good, otherwise we won't look good at all because they're all fucking kicking ass. So every, I'm really stoked with all the bands that have been on this tour with us. You know, we really, when we put this thing together, we were really focused on, we had a list of bands we went through and we were picking bands and seeing who could do it and who couldn't do it and everything kind of fell into place for this tour. You know, we wanted bands that were more, not necessarily exactly the same as us, but the extremity level of what we do as well. And, you know, we wanted that kind of idea in a tour package. And it worked out really well. I mean, it's the feedback overall at every show is just astonishing. It's just crazy shit. Awesome. Speaking of other bands with other styles, you all toured North America a couple of years back with Three Inches of Blood, which recently disbanded. I wonder, just from your perspective, having toured so long, being part of a band for so long, is there some secret to a metal band surviving over the years, or does some of it just come down to... Hard work plus luck. I think it's a little mixture of all kinds of things, man. Some of it is, like, I think some of it is luck, the right place at the right time, how things do. And then, like, I guess your records come out at the right place, right time. You know, I mean, it's definitely something you can't control. You can't sit here and say, this is what we're going to do, this is how it's going to happen, and this is how everything's going to turn out. To me, it's like, you just have to do it. And not being negative, but don't expect the highest peak there. Just go do it and enjoy what you're doing. And then... Whatever you reap from it, from that point, you know, whatever happens, then that should be the bonus, you know. You should kind of go in as like, I'm this band, and we're in this band, we write this material, this is what we like to do. And then when you go do it, and everything else that falls into place that's, you know, positive, builds the band to a, a higher level, should be considered like, wow, this is awesome. This is, you know, bringing us a total different level, you know. So, and, you know, as far as like bands breaking up and stuff like that, it's like, it could happen. It could happen to us. It could happen to any band. You know, you, you get to certain points, and the feelings of everyone just aren't on the same par anymore. Things aren't working out the same anymore. I mean, this is a tough business for extreme metal. You know, it, it just it is everything you have to go through with the touring and the, and managements and labels and things like that. And everybody thinks they have the right idea and the right plan, and you're trying to make things work properly. You know, it's like. It's it's definitely a hard thing, and I have to say, not to be cruel, but there's a lot of people in this business that aren't in the bands that think they know how this runs, and they don't know how it fucking runs, you know. And I'm gonna I'm saying that because I've been doing it for so long, you know, and I have been at the helm of taking care of a lot of things with the band, you know, and being in the position to make sure certain things happen a certain way for the band because it's needed that way. And there's a lot of people that are in the industry that don't have a fucking clue. You know, and it's and it sucks because then they do lead some of these 
bands into the wrong direction, and what happens is they do break up or they do crumble apart and things like that. And it's just not, you know, they, they need more people involved that know what it's about. And not only that, they need to understand that this isn't a huge money-making business, so don't try to come in here and squeeze blood out of a fucking stone, you know. We're all working and, sleep and being in these vans and sleeping in these vans and this fucking heat, too, you know, and just doing it because that's what we do. That's what we've been doing for years. That's just how it is, you know. When you see bands like Lamb of God, Slipknot, yes, they're at the peak of what's going on in the scene, but all these bands on this level, it's, it's, it's a whole different level, man. It's a whole different thing. It's a It's a struggle. But it's also something that everyone enjoys doing. Otherwise, you know, they all wouldn't be out there. I mean, who would fucking torment themselves through that kind of shit if they didn't enjoy the piece of the music that they were providing and doing on a daily basis? Yeah, drive from Washington, D.C. to Nashville one day in the hot heat of the summer. That's impressive, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, you just kind of go through those things, you know. Sometimes, like, at, at some points, you don't even wish that you had money. You just wish you had, like, a room with AC and a shower, <laughs> and then you would got happy from that point. Maybe it helps you uh, appreciate the simple things in life. Yeah, yeah, it does. It really does. Cool. Well, starting to wrap up with you, Ben, uh, after this North American tour is complete in a few days, what's next for Goat Whore, and maybe when can fans expect a follow-up to Constricting Rage for the Merciless? Let's see. We, got, we actually have stuff throughout the rest of this year all the way until the end. So, um... As far as, like, touring and stuff goes, we're going to be doing Warbecue in oh. August, okay? And we didn't make it last year. It was it kind of sucked, actually. We were supposed to do it, and it was all definitely revolved around Dave Brocky big time last year. Uh, but our fucking alternator went out en route, and we were getting it fixed. And once we got it fixed, we got back on the road, and there was tons of fucking traffic on the fucking highway, and we didn't even get to Richmond until, like, later that evening, and the whole thing was, was fucking over. So... First, I, I'm not going to apologize to people that came to see us because, one, it wasn't my fault or any of ours' fault. We can't. Ha- we don't know when the fucking alternator or anything's going to go out on the vehicle that we own. Things happen, you know. The only thing I can say is, you know, I'm sorry if you came just to see us and we weren't there, but we weren't trying to not make it. We definitely wanted to make it because we wanted to be a part of that situation. Everything that it was based on everything that was representing and everything last year. So this year, I mean, we're def- we're even planning to go there, like, get to Richmond the morning before that, just so we're there, you know what I'm saying? So we definitely want to do it. We definitely need to, in a sense, redeem ourselves for that. But if anybody wants to uh, rebuttal us having a fucking alternator go out, I'll pull out the fucking paperwork, and you can see it from last year, <laughs> and I'll show it to you. And I'll show you pictures of the interstate when I took a picture of the highway and we're sitting in dead-ass traffic not being able to move. But uh, So we're doing that, and then from there, and I think we're going to do a few shows around that, like after it, we're going to do some shows to get back home. And then um, we don't have anything going on in September. In October, we're going to do that not fest out in California. Mm-hmm. It's like Judas Priest, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slay. It's a whole bunch of fucking mats, two days. And then we have another tour that we're going to be doing in late November to December, but I can't say anything about it. We're going out to support somebody. But awesome. I'm sure that eventually in the next month and a half, two months, they'll probably announce it. Folks then, should keep their eyes on the interwebs for that yeah, announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. And then, um, and as far as writing, uh, January, I, February, we weren't doing anything. We kind of got together and we got like two and a half songs kind of put into the box. And I guess, you know, we'll probably throw us around some ideas during the rest of this year and then really kind of sit down and start working on things early part of next year, possibly going to the studio 
mid to late next year. You know, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't like to give solid sure, times because sure. we don't put our, we don't put pressures on ourselves with that kind of stuff. We just kind of, we write until we are happy with everything, and then it's just like, all right, we need to set studio time, and then we fucking go with it. You're not going to arbitrarily say we're going to do this, this, and this to just spit out a record. Yeah, yeah. We just don't. That's just we've never operated like that. So why change things now? Uh, so finally, wrapping up with you, Ben. What are the best ways for fans to access music and merchandise from Goat Horn? The internet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we have our website. It's www.goathor.net. And it's not really that fancy or anything, but it gives links to, like, like web stores that carry some of our merch. Uh, it gives links to, like, iTunes. It gives links to Metal Blade Records, which puts out our records. It gives links to indie merch who sells metal blade stuff like the shirts and the cds and then gives links to rotten records who has our first two records you know so there's a lot of links it's pretty much just a lot of links of everything that you need to look for for us you know whether it be music merchandise things like that so that's probably the best place and of course we have facebook too you know like everybody but there's links on there for the facebook page too so if you just go to goatwhore.net everything's pretty much there to kind of chase down everything else so and you've got this you got the cds and t-shirts at the uh, live shows as well yeah yeah we've got everything when we're on tour well i want to encourage fans to definitely check out goat whore live uh if you can't do that definitely purchase their latest album constricting rage of the merciless buy that it is great again i have it on my top 10 metal albums of the past year and uh it's just rising up that list every time i listen to it Ben, thank you so much. So appreciate talking with you, and best uh, luck rest of the tour. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time.